Before we start, I want to shout out to two listeners who reached out to me this last weekend. Sydney Herman at Sydney Herman and Navasha at Navoshack, I believe that's N-A-V-O-S-H-A-C. I'm super excited they reached out to me and super glad they uh, encouraged me. Uh, we talked about the Enneagram and uh, different things that I'm trying to do. And uh, we also talked about uh, clarifying some types. Uh, Sydney, um, I believe, is a photographer and a journalist and uh, is doing amazing things uh, where she's at. Uh, you can find her at Instagram at, at Sydney Herman, and that's S-Y-D-K-N-E-E-H-E-R-M-A-N. Also, you can find Navasha, who is a poet, and she's in a lot of different mediums as well. At and you can find her on Instagram at N-A-V-O-S-H-A-C. She has an amazing um, book of collected poetry from a lot of different really, really good artists. And you can find that at her Instagram. It was amazing to connect with them and talk Enneagram. I helped one find her type and the other conversation was someone who has been praying for me in an roundabout way. Thank you both so much. Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast, where we do it for the gram, not the Instagram, but the Enneagram. We take steps to improve ourselves and our community around us. On today's episode, we are going to discuss the Enneagram type four, the artistic, creative, melancholy, and sensitive type. Let's go, intro music. Today we're going to talk about the temperament of the Enneagram 4. I'm going to go on a rant about sadness on this one. I'm also going to talk about the key motivations, the best of the four, the strengths of the four, the worst of the four. Also going to talk about the problems with the four, fours in the workplace, as well as the psychological defense. And you may know a four if, based off these verbal and non-verbal cues, real and TV examples. And I'm going to talk to people who have relationship with fours, and I'm going to talk directly to fours at the end. The temperament of the Enneagram four. Type fours are in the heart filling center of intelligence. So their predominant way of interpreting life is going to come through emotions and feelings. The archetypes for the type four include the artist, the romantic, the individualist, and the bohemian. Fours are called the artists because most fours tend to be very creative and artistic. They do not just like art, such as music, design, visual art, and the different forms of art. They are usually very good at these mediums, and it comes very easy to them. The romantic applies heavily to fours because they romanticize things quite a bit in their head and heart, and a lot of times about a relationship. They have a way of making things more appealing or flamboyant than it naturally would be. The individualist because they want to be unique in the way that they live their lives. The bohemian applies because they are unconventional and different. Fours have very strong emotions and creative fantasies of how they want life to be. One word that resonates with fours is melancholy. Fours Strong emotions tend to lean towards the sadder emotions. Sad rant. All right. Emotions that are sadder get a bad rep in our society. Sad is seen as bad, and that's just not true. 
If you have seen the movie Inside Out, spoiler alert, the sad, melancholy, blue character is the key to the movie. The sadder emotions help us to feel the fullness of life. We can truly appreciate and experience what life has to offer. Many of the other types run from the sadder emotions by self-medicating, self-sabotaging, and trying to hyper-focus on trying to be overtly positive. Somewhere we adopted the thoughts that being happy equals good or right. We were created with a range of emotions that help us embrace life and the people in it more fully. Fours are naturally attuned to melancholy, and that is not a bad thing as long as they don't stay there forever. This is one of the reasons that fours can make such artistic masterpieces, because they can truly see the beauty in life, and that is even in sadness and darkness of life. Many other types who run from the sadder emotions Get you a nice bed or couch, plop down and watch Inside Out. Get your emotions on. Rant over. Fours usually see themselves as uniquely talented and uniquely flawed at the same time. Fours are strongly aware of personal differences and deficiencies. Fours are also quite sensitive. Let me be, let me clarify what I mean by sensitive because in many cultures, especially the mainstream African American or black culture, Sensitive is seen as weak. That's a whole issue in itself that I will not get into on this episode. But by sensitive here, I mean they have a heightened awareness of their emotions and the emotions of others around them. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you said yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901-334-1644. Key motivations. Fours have a need to express themselves and their uniqueness. I think that's a word. Or individuality. Fours want their environment to be filled with beauty because it helps them cultivate certain moods and feelings. Fours can withdraw as well to take care of their emotional needs before meeting any other need. Fours also like to attract a romanticized rescuer for themselves as well. Best of the four. The highest emotion of the four is called equanimity. What in the world is equanimity? Well, it means keeping the heart open, and being able to welcome all feelings, yet staying balanced. Fours have the ability to really understand the melancholy emotions, but sometimes they can get trapped there and not allow the balance of emotions that we all need in life. The strengths of the four. The strengths of the four include being very compassionate, 
sensitivity, idealistic, and amazing emotional death. Such big hearts. Worst of the four. The lowest emotion of the four is envy and the kind of melancholy that arises from experience of disappointment or deficiency. As mentioned earlier, fours can get stuck in sad emotions and see their perception of being uniquely flawed in a way that is very unhealthy. Fours also struggle hardcore with envy. Even though fours want to be super original and different, which they usually are, fours still struggle with seeing themselves as deficient and wanting what others have in their life. The problem of the four includes moodiness, being withdrawn, and uncooperative. Wowzers! A four can be really moody. If they are emotionally unbalanced, they can really throw people for a loop. Almost like Sour Patch Kids. One moment they're sweet, next minute they're sour. Fours definitely withdraw, similar to fives. While fives withdraw to process and think, fours retreat to try to rein in some of their strong emotions and to throw pity parties as well. Be careful. Fours in the workplace. This segment is brought to you by 9types.com and the great Helen Palmer. And also my personal experiences with fours in the workplace. Just like fours want to be unique, they also want their work to be distinct. They want to be able to use their unique creative genius and have a tendency to add an eccentric flair to their presentations and projects. Fours usually feel demeaned when they are given duties that they feel are commonplace to them or commoner type of work. And this can range from small things to even big things that they feel is just super ordinary. They could feel like a CEO spot is commonplace compared to what they want to do as being a specialist or someone unique in what they do. It is very important fours are respected in the workplace for their vision and ideas. Fours typically love and appreciate words of affirmation. Fours efficiency can be tied to their mood. If their emotions are out of sync, then it usually will impact them heavily at work. Fours like producing quality projects. Fours are great at emotionally intense work, such as being an activist, a grief counselor, and even working with people who struggle with depression or suicidal tendencies. Something very interesting that Helen Palmer wrote is that fours do not flourish in a work environment that requires close cooperation with others who are more skilled, more valued, or better paid. Fours already struggle with comparing themselves to others and working with a team of people who are better and above fours makes them constantly question their own value. This can be a struggle for a four for sure. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. Psychological defense. 
The psychological defense of the Enneagram 4 is called introjection. Introjection is the action of attempting to overcome a deficiency by bringing in value from outside oneself, as well as the habit of internalizing blame for what goes wrong. Basically, that means that fours personalize events, relationships, and situations a lot of time that can have nothing to do with them or anything that they have done. This can go in one or two ways. Suppose a four doesn't get the attention they want from a friend, a colleague, or someone they're interested in, and they can take it and personalize the whole situation, assuming that the other person does not like them for some reason and not considering the whole situation could be that it has nothing to do with them. Fours can also use introjection with more positive emotions and exaggerate themselves in order for their self-image to be authentic and different. In these examples, a four is trying to bring in value from outside of themselves to feel unique and special. That's why introjection is their defense, because they are using external means to battle their internal battles of deficiency. What type fours tell us about themselves? I long for what's missing, distant or unattainable. The ordinary pales in comparison. My deep sense of abandonment translates into a belief that I will never be fulfilled. I envy and idealize what others have that I don't. Authenticity and meaningful experiences are essential to me. My suffering sets me apart from others. You've probably met a four based on these verbal cues. They have frequent sharing of personal stories. Fours share a lot of personal stories. I mean, a lot. Frequent use of me, my, mine, and I. They do a lot of uh, mentioning themselves. When they talk about their personal stories, obviously they use those words, me, my, mine, and I, because they're talking about themselves and including different things that went on in their life. Deliberate word choice. So they're very particular about choosing the right word uh, when they're speaking. And they can even search for the particular word at the time saying, okay, Google, what are some synonyms for this? Oh, my phone just went off. Hold on. Oops. Sorry, Google. I wasn't really talking to you. Some of the nonverbal cues, they appear focused inward. They have wet or moist eyes and they can be intense. This is a thing that a lot of people don't notice about fours sometimes uh, because they say they're melancholy and sad. But fours can really, really be intense. Some of the fours I know, uh, sometimes they get mistaken for an eight just because of their intensity that they can bring um, when they are excited about something or in a competitive space or they're actually trying to attain or achieve something or upset that too. Speaking style. Fours are expressive of feelings, personal, self-focused, and have a flair for originality. Others may perceive fours as overly expressive, unsatisfied with responses, and emotionally intense. Here are some real and TV examples of fours. Prince. The artist formerly known as Prince. This guy was one of the greatest entertainers to ever touch this earth. 
And the way that he understood music was so amazing. The way that he was so original. If you don't know Prince, which I'll be shocked if you don't, you would know that he was super original. And like everything that he did was based on him being different, unique, and standing out. He had a thing for the flair, and he was musically gifted like very few artists have been of all times. Along with that, some of his brilliance actually got him in trouble with labels and uh, some of the label companies that he uh, was attached to. Because what a lot of people didn't see that he saw, and which a lot of fours can see, and similar to the five, they can sometimes uh, be visionaries of the future. And what I mean by that is that they can see things coming before they actually happen. For instance, Prince, he foresaw that music was going to be digital. He foresaw that, that people weren't going to be buying CDs and cassette tapes and all these things for a long time. It's going to switch to online. And people thought he was crazy. But now, literally, everything we listen to just about is digital. Example of a four. Another four is Edgar Allan Poe, a pioneering author who could write about darkness and tragedy that he experienced and others around him did in ways that no one prior to him really seemed to capture as well. Read The Raven and you'll see exactly what I mean. Another four who's a fiction four is Amy Fowler from The Big Bang Theory. Amy, like many fours, have the ability to communicate their pain and their personal deficiencies like no one, like no other type can. They can communicate sad emotions that most people would find embarrassing or painful to admit publicly. That is one thing about fours. They can, even though they see their deficiencies for what they consider deficiencies and flaws, very unique and different. They are able to communicate them when they speak and they do it quite often. They'll talk about it in ways that are super embarrassing to most people, but in ways that um, most people aren't able to do, which is a which can be a beauty to them because they can be humble in that fact. As long as they don't gloat on that sad or that deficiency or flaw that they feel they have. The next fictional four is Loki. Loki envies Thor so hard. He wants the kingdom. He wants everything Thor has. And that is very evident in all the movies that Loki is in that his main thing that he struggles with is the envy. He does want the crown. He does want all those things. He's mad he was deceived. But Loki definitely is envious of what Thor has. And Loki also has the ability to understand darkness. Uh, and sadness like few others do as well. And he also expresses it like a four does. Entrepreneurship is a fun word, but a tough journey. If you are on the entrepreneurial path and need some help along the way, tune in to Hot Butter Business Podcast, where four entrepreneurs who met through a program called Co-Starters decided after the program to start a podcast. They each use their unique skills, talents, and businesses to unite in this podcast in order to give their audience a look into the mind of an entrepreneur. So subscribe to Hot Butter Business Podcast and walk with these four aspiring entrepreneurs on their journey. This podcast also features me, and you can see a full range of my Enneagram personality as I interact with other entrepreneurs. My experience with fours. One of the fours in my life is a really good friend. 
really good friend. And she is one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. She has been working with the Enneagram for just about as long as I have. And the growth that has happened has been absolutely amazing in her. She has grown from hating being a four to loving being a four. Because honestly, a lot of times when type fours find out they're a four, they're like, no, that's not me. Mm -mm. I'm a seven. I'm, I'm something else. I'm a different number. That's not me. Because it does sound from our general perspective that it just sounds sad and dreary and like it's just all down and all of this type of stuff. But it's not. Fours are really one of the strongest types and they just don't realize it because they can endure and take on things that other people can't and they can see the beauty and they really can feel life in other ways that other types cannot until they actually really work on their growth. And so that's one of the beautiful things about it. And so uh, we worked together for a while and the creative thing she's been able to do and like just give to people, which she needs to charge. And I know she's listening. So she definitely needs to charge more for the, the gifts that she has because she does so many wonderful things for people and presentations, um, logos, uh, designs. It's, I mean, amazing. And it's it's really easy for her, even when she doesn't think it's up to par. It's like better than 95 percent of anything that most of us could do, to be honest. And so that's another message to the fours. When you're creative and you're, you're a wonderful artist, you know, love what you do and appreciate it because it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. But that is wonderful. And going along with the intense part. This four, she can be quite intense. She's extremely competitive and quite intense, but she's also very thoughtful. She's always thinking of all the people who are in her life. She's very grateful for them. She keeps a gratitude journal, which is amazing for fours, by the way. Fours, keep a gratitude journal. Remember the wonderful and amazing things that are happening in your life that you should be grateful for, because there are a lot of sad things in life, but there's also amazing and grateful and wonderful things happening every single day to you. The next person is a teacher I work with and she's a four and you can just see it in her personality. The way that she communicates some of the things that would normally make other types and other people feel uh, prideful or embarrassed. She communicates with such ease and she's able to really love her students and really build a strong bond and relationship with them because she's able to see herself without taking herself so seriously, which is an amazing trait. All right. If you're in a relationship with a four or have a four who you're working with, this is how you can assist them in a relationship. And remember, never force anyone. If they want assistance, they want help, cool. But you don't control anyone. You let them grow on themselves. So one of the first ways, encourage the four to not be overrun by feelings and to appreciate what is positive in the present moment. Okay, so fours can get trapped in the future and in the past. A lot of times romanticizing what's going on in their brain or fantasizing. Do your best to assist them by saying, hey, let's rein the feelings in a little bit and let's really think about this situation and let's become present to it and not get captured and enslaved to the past or the future, but let's be in the present moment here together. Next, show them that you understand empathy first before you help. This is so important because 
fives, sixes, sevens, eights, and even ones, and threes too to a certain extent, a lot of times are always listening to try to fix it first or try to help. They're trying to fix first instead of like having empathy for them and understanding where a four is coming from. They're trying to fix it before they're actually listening and being empathetic to what's going on within that four. So make sure if you're in a relationship with a four, be empathetic, sit there, listen, not only listen with your eyes and your ears, don't listen with your ears and your eye. <laughs> okay. Listen with your ears, but also listen with your heart because it's going to be very important, especially if you're in a relationship with a four. Next, stay steady when their feelings are intense and reveal your own feelings and reactions. This helps them to engage and better understand you and better rein and check their own emotions when you're able to stay steady, consistent when their feelings do become extremely intense. And also be able to communicate your own feelings of what's going on and your reactions. That helps afford real theirs back in. Next, appreciate their idealism. So fours have wonderful and amazing, extremely creative ideas. Make sure you appreciate them. Fours love affirmations. It's a lot of times one of their languages of love. If you could tell them something that they're doing is great or something about them they're wearing is unique or nice, it can light up their whole day. So make sure you do that because you have to remember what's going on in their head a lot of times. It's saying, hey, something's wrong. This is sad. I'm deficient. So make sure sometimes you help fill those gaps by giving them compliments. Um, it definitely goes further with the four than some other types. Next, let the four know that they are lovable. Separate from their identification of trying to be special. So here's the thing. In some of that uniqueness and specialness, a four is searching for value. Just like every type is doing something to find their own personal value and fill a void inside of themselves. Fours are trying to use a uniqueness to do that and uh, a difference and being different to do that. So let them know that you love them regardless of that. They don't have to be so much flair and so much flamboyance just for you to care and love them. Love them. Let them know you love them because just plainly of who they are, the fact that they were born and just the fact of who they are naturally without all the extra on top. And you can love that too, but let them know you love them deep down and they don't need the extra to feel or to be loved. Strategies. This is for the four, for your self-development and fulfillment of your relationships. One, accept that wholeness and realness exists now in the present moment. So make sure, fours, that you're not getting caught up in the past or the present and feeling like something is missing and that you're deficient in some way. And in the future, if you have just this or if you have just this person, that that's going to make you whole. No, you're whole right now. You're a wonderful person and you have what you need right now within you in the present moment. Next, focus on what is present and what is rather than what is missing. This goes along with the first one. Don't worry about what is missing. Everybody missing something. And even though you may notice more what you're missing, remember, stay in the present and focus on what is. It is what it is, as some people say. And don't focus on necessarily what's missing. Next, resist domination by your strong and sometimes fluctuating feelings while acknowledging their authenticity. Respect your feelings. Love them. 
And I know it's tough because you're always feeling in the strong. But remember, you don't have to allow those feelings to control you or dominate your life. Next, sustain a steady course of action, even in the presence of intense feelings. Fours, you naturally want to withdraw sometimes, and sometimes you definitely need to, to make sure that you are uh, keeping your feelings, your strong emotions kind of in check. But make sure that you're still moving forward with what you need. Don't let your feelings stop you from being either productive, effective, loving, caring, or any of those things. Don't let that happen because those emotions should not be controlling you. Next, fill in the middle by appreciating the ordinary. So sometimes you feel deficient because you feel like you're missing something. You feel like something is missing. Let the ordinary day by day fill those positions. Appreciate what is ordinary as well. The beautiful is in the different, in the flamboyant, in the flair, in the rare, all those things. But there's also beauty that you can appreciate in the ordinary. So make sure that you kind of fill those gaps of deficiency with things that are wonderful and ordinary. Next, separate your self-esteem from being special or extraordinary. I know fours, you want to be unique and different. And that's a beautiful thing when it's healthy. But when it's not healthy and you attach it to your self-esteem and value, that's when it becomes tricky. Because now you're living based on, are you special? So if you feel you're special and then something comes along and you feel it's more special, now your value is tied to that. You cannot tie your value to being special or extraordinary. You are valuable simply because you were made, simply because you were created. That's why you're valuable. If you've made it this far and have not already taken the Enneagram test, here are a few that I trust. You can always go to kaizencareers.com forward slash Enneagram and scroll to the bottom for the quick two-question test based off of the Russ and Rizzo's quick test. The second one I trust is Eclectic Energies. It's another free test that has about 30 or so questions and can be pretty accurate depending how self-aware you are. The next one I trust is the Enneagram Institute for a more thorough test that will give you possibly your top three types. You can go to EnneagramInstitute.com and the tester has a minimal cost but it's pretty accurate. Last but not least, I trust the Integrative 9 test. This can be found at Integrative9.com. This test is one of the most expensive tests, but I believe it to be the most accurate and gives a ton of information based on your type. It includes personal life, but really shines on how your type performs professionally. Forrest, listen carefully. The only thing missing or deficient about you sometimes is you not loving yourself as much as you need to. It's not understanding how amazing you are. It's not understanding how great you are. Not understanding what you actually bring to the world. Not understanding that your emotions are your gifts. And you use them correctly. You can heal and help so many people. You can bring life and beauty and experience to so many different people. Overcome that envy because you have what you need. Maybe you're not missing anything. Maybe you have all that you need. Some of those insecurities, there is beauty in imperfection. And a lot of time there's perfection in imperfections. So those things that you sometimes consider to be shortcomings are beautiful things. They are beautiful things. So you must learn to love yourself completely and wholly in the present moment. And don't get stuck in the future. 
or the past, romanticizing of what could be, but stay here of what's beautiful, which is you. And make sure that you start to appreciate the wonderful things that you bring to this world and you bring to other people. For as you are a delight to other people, when you are healthy, you bring so much life, joy, happiness, fun, experience. You bring all of that with you to so many people. It's amazing. And you must appreciate that within yourself. Remember, you don't have to idealize being special or unique as a way to create value within yourself. You are already valuable. I'm going to say it again. You are already valuable. You don't need all the extra external stuff to make you valuable and make you amazing. Because you were born that way. You were born amazing. You were born unique. And you were born having a ton of value. So don't search for it externally because you have it internally. Don't long for what's missing or what you perceive to be missing and get caught in envy. Love what you have and what you got and what you've been given. Think of all of the great things and amazing things that you have been given in your life or that are around you. And start with the small things because they're all around us. Just as much as we have things that are sad, that we feel insecure about, we also have beautiful things that are constantly and always happening. Focus on finding those. Like my good friend who's a four, writing your gratitude journal. This is hugely important for fours. Hugely important. Especially the way that you see beauty in life. Write down those wonderful things that you see that you're grateful for. And make sure that you spread and give the gift that you have of understanding the world, beauty, life, your difference, distinctness, amazingness, creativeness, your ability to love and be compassionate of others, your ability to understand emotions that are deep, that can be tragic, that other people can't. Make sure you spread that and help other people because we out here struggling. We struggling to touch a tip of the emotional depth that you can provide and that you understand. So make sure you're sharing that because you can help so many other people heal and become whole with that. And so wrapping up, once again, I want to thank you for listening to Do It For The Grand podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe so you can hear all the new and next episodes. Please reach out to me at Instagram at Do It For The Grand podcast. I promise you I respond back. Let's talk Enneagram. I love to do it. I did it this past weekend and it was such a joy. I was so excited. I just hit the ground and prayed after I did. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I love it. I love connecting with you all over the Enneagram because I mean, I'm, I'm connecting with people and that we're changing lives, that I'm talking to people who are out there who want to get better, who want to grow and who want to help other people grow and get better, which is amazing. That's what the Enneagram does for us. It's a growth tool. Also, Please visit my website. It is doitforthegrampodcast.com. Once again, that's doitforthegrampodcast.com. And at that website, you can subscribe. I have a free gift. If you subscribe to uh, Do It For The Grand Podcast, there's a free Enneagram gift. It's a um, cool, uh, I'll let you go check it out. But it's something simple, sweet, but it's really cool. Just a little thing for the Enneagram. So you can subscribe there. And you can also visit the site and see the different things we have going on. Something I'm going to have in the future, which I do want different types to connect with me. And this is something I want to engage the audience with. I want to gauge you with, right? I want you to be a part of this podcast as well. So one of the things I'm going to do, I have on the podcast, I'm going to have different 
writers, different authors. And what I mean by writers and authors, you don't have to be like a professional writer and author. I want to hear from you in your type, in your skin, Enneagram experiences. I want it to become a place where you can read about wonderful things or things you struggle with or just things you question or come about with the Enneagram. I want to hear those. So if you reach out to me, I would love to have you um, reach out so that we can actually put you on the uh, website so that your story can be displayed and more people can feel healed, whole, understood uh, with that. And so for me, that's it. Just look forward to the next episode, which will be about the Enneagram 3. And all I have to say is remember. And all I have to say is remember, do it for the gram. The Enneagram, of course. Thank you.